Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Paper Tuesdays Investigates. Today we are at the Kula Fancy COVID friendly field day. Yes, Mark, exciting stuff indeed here in the heart of Kula Fancy. We have everything here today when it comes to attractions and stalls. Everything from the Wheel of Paddy Fortune, which is actually just a display piece of a wheel from Paddy's old JCB. And the highlight of the Kula Fancy COVID friendly field day, of course, the pin the tail on the Protestant. Yes, fantastic stuff altogether, Michael. Let's get stuck into it then, shall we? Yes, absolutely. Who shall we visit first, man? Well, I heard there's a young lad over there beyond the holly bush selling black cats, so I'd like to find out what that's all about. Let's roll. Hello there, young man. Would you mind telling us here at Paper Tuesdays, what's your name and a bit about your role here at the Cooler Fancy COVID-friendly field day? Uh, no bother. My, my name is Johnny McGivern, and I got a phone call last week from the organisers of the field day to do the role of the talking young lad selling the fireworks like. Apparently, the fella who done it last year couldn't make it because uh, he's coaching the Castletown women's team in a county final today or something. The gloves and the mask on you there too. Yeah, well, I know it's a COVID-friendly field day, like, so I'm just following the, the strict guidelines, just like just like everyone else. And what are all these packets of tate all about? Like I said, I, I'm following the strict guidelines and you can only have fireworks if you buy nine euro worth of food. Thank you, Mr McGivern. Next up here we have Carmel who is selling some of her homemade baked goods. I can see some scones here and some cookies, but Carmel, have you got any caramel slices? No. Fantastic. <laughs> and what do you love most about the Cooler Fancy COVID friendly for you today? Well, my husband Declan is an awful bollock, so it keeps me away from him for a few hours. And what's this fellow with all the drawings all over him looking for? I'm selling scones, not drugs. Carmel, I just... No, you listen here, Picasso. Go grab a jumper over there, love, and cover up that dirt on your arms. There's children around. Okay, sorry, Carmel. That's Carmel's homemade baked goods, baked with only the kind of warmth and love that one would expect from the Cooler Fancy Cover Friendly Field Day. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to speak to the man of the hour, Paddy Fortune, proud owner of the Wheel of Paddy Fortune. How are you, lads? I, I'd say we're a little bit awestruck and a bit turned on, Paddy. There's a fine tyre you have for yourself there. Yeah, there's a lot of history behind that tyre there. She's a beauty. Would you mind telling us a bit more about the history of the tyre, Paddy? Yeah, no bother. Uh, see, I had a neighbour a few years back, uh, a fella by the name Ali Owley. A real scoundrel of a chap. I, I used to have things going missing on me the whole time. It, it could be a case of me leaving a mug, a tea outside on the windowsill, or a half a fag sitting on an ashtray, amber leaf. Even the young lads' goldfalls weren't missing from, from the garden. But you see, I, I'd always hear the crows bellowing from the far field below the house. So I assumed it was the crows. Uh, and as we all know, you let the crows at it, you don't want to be to be to fall out with them lads. Till, till one day, I, I had had enough. The fuckers robbed me Brendan Shine CD and I lost it. I followed the sound of the crone to the back of the far field and what did I find only Leuli sitting up in his shed with the big sneery head in him listening to Brendan Shine smoking my fag butts and drinking my half mugs of tea and a heavy juicy sound system blaring cronizes to make me think it was the crows all along. So I run up home and I hopped in the JCB and I levelled the shed and I levelled Leuli. And that tyre you see in front of you, Michael, belongs to that very JCB. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Thanks, Paddy. Last but certainly not least, Mark, we're here at the annual 
pin the tail on the Protestant race. A bit controversial, but it always goes down well in Cool and Fancy. Things are just about to kick off here. Yeah, exciting stuff all right, Michael. The Protestant has just been released. Uh, <laughs> for a set start. And the Catholics are lined up now with their pins and looking eager as ever. That's putting it lightly, Mark. Roy Heffernan is performing at the mouth down there. Rory would be one of the favourites this year, Michael. He was even telling me he was getting into playing a bit of football just to keep himself right for this. And they're off. Cahal Dunbar leading the charge, as was to be expected. Closely followed there by Charlie McGookin and Reese Uli. Should be noted, though, Gavin Stamp has pulled up after just five yards with another hamstring injury. The Protestant seems to have a game plan this year, Michael, running in a ziggy-zaggy pattern across the field. I don't know if any of the lads prepared for this. Garot Cullen there with an attempted slide paddle. That, of course, is an illegal move in this competition. Gaining on the target now is Kalinirans Connor Devon. But oh no, Devon is fooled by a dummy to the left and lands in a heap himself. The Protestant heading into dangerous territory now, Michael. After turning down along by the evergreen trees, he could be asking for trouble here when he decides to turn out. I've seen it many a time. Oh, Paul Murphy! Paul Murphy, Mark! He's only gone and done it. He's pinned the tail, hiding in the trees. He jumps out and pins the tail. Incredible. What has Paul got in his ear there, Michael? Is it some sort of earpiece? It is. It's an earpiece. But who's on the other end? Mark, look. Look at the far end of the field. Oh, my God, it's Kevin Morris. Once again, the synchronicity. I don't know if that's a word. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. Synchronicity, yeah, I definitely spelled it wrong. Once again, the synchronicity of the junior football player-manager duo showing its full capabilities. Ah, fair play to the two lads, Michael. This year really has gone well for them. It's been one to remember. Yes, indeed, Mark. Congratulations to Paul Murphy and Kevin Morris for pinning the tail on the Protestant. Well, that's the end of our day here at the Cool of Fancy COVID friendly field day, Michael. How do you think it went? Well, Paper Chooses Investigates has uncovered the de- depths of the COVID friendly field days in South Wicklow, and we're going to dig deeper. We will, and we'll certainly be back next year. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. Good evening, Michael. How are you? I'm marvellous, Mark. They've only gone and done it. They've clicked on episode 21 and they have a feast of entertainment ahead of them. It's my housemate, Owen Conroy. Owen, great to have you here. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you going? It's uh, brilliant. It's just, I think we're going to have great crack over the next hour or so. And I suppose no better way to start it than checking out our parish of the week. And this week we go to Massachusetts in America. And there it's, uh, you love the first line of articles, Mark. You think they they just sometimes are questionable. And I think this one is one of them. If there's one thing Unitarian Universalists love to do, it's sing together. Now, I don't know any Unitarian Universal. I can't verify this story. Can you? No. No, no, that's a broad uh, generalisation, Michael. And I stand against those. (laughs) But anyway, they've been doing these choirs uh, of the Unitarian Church in Massachusetts and of Stowe and Acton, specifically in Massachusetts, have been having driveway choir competition or well sessions drive-by choir sessions and uh, this is where the singers stay in their own cars they're spread apart and each singer gets a sanitized wireless microphone and the singer goes from the mics to a mixer and the mixer then plays the united sound back to the singers when they tune into a certain radio frequency so a lot of effort goes to into this choir practice so there you have it it sounds a lot like your drive-in bingo yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course we've had to stop that there, but it was going very well. Uh, we got uh, we had our second one there, and we got we almost doubled our amount of cars at it. So yeah, it's a it's it only a, uh, bled the club dry half as much <laughs> as it did the week before. <laughs> no, it was a brilliant success though. I have to say, and uh, <laughs> that that's why you're continuing with. <laughs> <laughs> 
But here, I love the drive-in bingos because the the people, the characters at the mark, you'd, you'd, a paper chooses investigate really should examine uh, drive-in bingos. They're all kind of, I was telling you, like they all kind of have the same thing. So they all have these little tiny, small rosary beads that they have on the indicator stick of the car. So like they're, they all kind of share a common level of superstition and everything uh, and belief. Uh, in you know and uh, oh yeah rud- running over and running each other's rubbing each other's bingo books when there's been a successful call for a line or whatever so that's what you get at driving bingos fanatics yeah, yeah. lines and rubbings in car parks Michael you were at the dog and not the bingo <laughs> you went to the wrong car park <laughs> Michael was in the baron car <laughs> <laughs> Well, regardless, anyway, I hope there was uh, no, none of that antics there in uh, in Massachusetts. And uh, fair play to Stowe and the Unitarian Church there. They get our Parish of the Week. Now, we on our, as Owen Conroy is our big, big scoop, we at Paper Tuesdays like to keep it fresh for you at home. And we have brought to you uh, three articles that we feel reflect some of the many interests of our uh, intelligent and uh, knowledgeable guests. So this week we go to dailycoffeenews.com and there they have a story about coffee consumption and how it may increase the survival chances of people diagnosed with colon cancer while reducing the risk of the disease worsening. So look, they carried out a study of 1,171 patients and they found that compared to people who drank no coffee, coffee drinkers showed an 11% increase in survival rate and a 5% greater rate of living progression-free based on food intake data completed during a 13-year period. So it was a fairly comprehensive study. Now, they stopped short of saying that there's a cause and effect relationship there, but it just goes to show that drinking coffee can be very good to you. And uh, Owen, you were a big fan of coffee. Coffee is is life. Um, It's definitely... A powerful legal drug because yeah. it can make you in some ways friendly mm. you ever have a Fresh like work. wake up in the morning well, you're you're you didn't don't drink the coffee as much michael do you no but it's a weekend drink because i get jittery from it but I, <laughs> they tell me not to drink <laughs> it makes me social in the mornings especially in, a, in an office environment like when you have, have your first cup of coffee like before before yeah. that before that half nine coffee like i just I can gr- vote gr- for grunting that. at people like mm. you've yeah. seen it yeah. i've seen it yeah but like you've what, why I included mainly was because you have opened my taste buds up to a world of coffee and caffeine and, and taste. I just love the variety and how you get different hues of, let it be dark chocolate or a fruit or something like that. Massive oh. coffee snob. Probably, really. You or me? me I am, yeah. Alright, well I'm, yeah. I'm with you there. Like Every bag of coffee just gives something different. There's so, yeah, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. What was that one we, we had there recently? It was dark chocolate and zesty orange and all this kind of stuff. Flavors oh, yeah. and, and you have to really concentrate to get the flavors. Like, but, yes, you have to drink yeah. it properly. You taught me how to drink it properly as well. Yeah, w- would you drink much uh, coffee? I have one cup in the morning, the rest of it then is tea. Mm. No, I don't do well with coffee now. It's more of an American drink than I'm accustomed to. There'd be yeah. more, more cups of tea now. I don't want to wake me up and that's it. Yeah. But uh, I did live in Melbourne and that's a big coffee, a big coffee culture there. Like, yeah. They all love it out there. But uh, no, it's not, it's not my thing now. I wouldn't sleep if I had, say, two cups of coffee. Yeah. Or even like after 12 o'clock, I'd have to cut off. Mm. I'm with you. You introduced me to Lavasa, though. Yes. And that, that was a big change now in my life. Yeah. I have to say. That, that, uh, you can definitely taste the difference in that one now compared to an instant Nescafe. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Of course, not to rule out other brands, Robbie, of course, is a loyal Centra employee, and Frank and Honest Frank is. Oh, uh, it's very good, actually. Frank and Honest, yeah. 
really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But we all, I think you like the small producers. Like even when you were in Malaysia, on you uh, found a fantastic little coffee shop. It was, you know, it was, uh, it was Hong Kong. Oh, Hong Kong. I was, yeah. I see. I'd, I'd have a, I'd take notions to do that in anywhere I went. Uh, I'd Google like the best coffee in, and then put in the name of the place, and I came across this place on a little. Sh- Fairly dodgy looking side street, like that was uh had won the second best coffee in the world at the World Coffee Roasting Championships, which is a thing. Maybe paper Tuesdays could investigate that as well. Or <laughs> when you yeah, um, and I came across the place that came second in the world in it, like, and it was just again different gravy, like yeah, all over again. You think you had a cup of coffee and then you have this, and it's just yeah. But that's it for people who appreciate coffee. Like other people just think it was just another. Yeah, but like it's it's mad how like Badger and Dodo, Cork, and all Dunmore East, you know, it comes from pockets around Ireland as well. And it's yeah, just... the McCabe's guys in Wicklow as well. Yeah. they're actually doing really well. Yeah, so uh, Velo, they're Cork as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge contract with Aldi, like so. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot out there. Speaking of contracts and stuff, I suppose we'll go to our story from the Security dot com. You found that. Uh, website a bit funny about Crebson. Oh, I did. Yeah, there was a picture of what did I find funny about again. Krebs. Krebs. Yeah, you found that a funny word. You zoomed in on it. Oh, no, it was more your man, the picture of Krebs in the photo peering out through oh, his yeah. own advertisement. I never you, as if it. As if he's watching. Oh, yeah. You have him looking out for hackers on your homepage. <laughs> Krebs a dodgy looking man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We may put that up on the old Insta, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is about a Chinese antivirus firm that was part of Apt 41 supply chain attack. So this US Justice Department has indicted seven Chinese nationals for a decade-long hacking spree. It sounded quite complicated. What I love is they have numerous names, a bit like the IRA. So it was Apt 41, Barium, Winty, Wicked Panda, and <laughs> Wicked Span- Spider. So they knew what they were at. And they stole source code, software code, and customer account data and other information. And they used that to to use it or resell it. So they knew what they were at. Uh, they were also targeting Bitcoin. And they were also targeting uh, values in games. So, such as points or powers and other items that could be traded off for other fanatic game users. So uh, on, you're in this field. You kind of sell... Uh, antivirus to companies and stuff and and well you're probably more specializing in uh equipment uh this is a, a very real threat isn't it for companies no this is the biggest one michael um these guys they're not to that level obviously but there's there's other things that they're doing it's mainly through email they're they're geniuses like what they're able to do um and their biggest target is people who are and especially busy people who don't have time to re- meticulously check so cfos of companies and ceos of company who get requests hundreds of requests a day from from owning companies like you know people just dropping emails to them can you do this can you do that can i get this signed off on so what they're doing is like say helping furniture for example was the company and and your email address is helpingfurniture.ie they might have hallenfurniture.ie and leave out the p and so your dad will get an email from market hallenfurniture.ie instead of market helpingfurniture.ie and be asked to transfer such and such to this or whatever like just things like that like and they catch you out on on those and then people copped on to that but um, now what they're doing is doing it to people who do the invoicing and changing the bank details on an invoice. So they'll they'll have seen what your invoice looks like and change, basically copy it completely and put their bank details in where your co- customer bank details go. So it's, it's, it's mad what they're actually able to do uh, and how smart they are doing it and how real they make it look. Um, so it's the software side of things, selling, selling the software to protect that, to pick up the spam and to pick up things that aren't real. 
um, is, is what's absolutely huge for us at the minute. But uh, the thing they feed on and the thing you kind of can't account for is, is human error. So you missing that PE or whatever, like that's that's uh, where the that's where they're making their money. But they're geniuses, like. Genie. We've seen cases, obviously, luckily not, nothing to do with us, but where hundreds of thousands of euro have been sent to the wrong bank details because they changed the details on, a, yeah. on, an, Im- on an invoice, like. And this is why we have flood on the front lines. That's why flood is. That's what flood gives you. Out on the road. Yeah, but I think flood is really just learning his trade, and one day he'll be the same, and we'll be calling him. The, what's Chinese the best nickname there? Uh, he'll be a wicked spider, or a wicked panda. A wicked panda. Yeah, he's yeah, a sure he used to panda. drive. The, drive the yeah, he used to drive the panda. Are you sure that isn't? There's nothing to say. Wicked panda. And finally, then we have a story from Honolulu in Hawaii. If you ever wanted to learn how to play the ukulele, you but couldn't afford one, you can now, and you can get one for free there on the May Island, M-A-U-I, thanks to a ukulele lending program there in the public libraries. The state librarian there, Stacey Aldrich, joined up with local musician, and so they have ukuleles there for loan in the local library. Now, and Michael, I've been very nice and serious and all the rest, but we're going to fall out now, because I know you picked that because it's a sore subject of me. <laughs> well you bought a ukulele <laughs> one was bought for me but continue oh one was bought for you it was gifted oh, but yeah. I did ask for it specifically yeah yeah yeah. but like there's nothing wrong with that you I tried it out I can't play it yeah but there was something why did you want to play the ukulele that's probably my favourite uh, question in Paper Chooses uh, why did you want to play the ukulele I think I saw a video of a lad playing what was it What's what song was it what's the Elvis Presley one can't help falling in love. Yeah, saw someone on YouTube playing yeah. that, and I was like, "That is so cool." Imagine bringing that out in the complex. Yeah. The original Rude Boys. Do you remember them? Yeah. They had a ukulele man. Uh, who else? There was that fat lad that played "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" on YouTube. Oh. Um, I tried to play ukulele as well, on and it didn't go well for me either, and I gave it to somebody else who is now in a ukulele group in Arklow. And that might sound surprising, but what's more surprising is that there are two ukulele groups in Arklow and they are rivals. They don't oh, like each yes. other. This yeah. is like Pitch Perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's this person like Gabe Ardens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have riff offs. You know, in the middle of Arklow. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did try to, I did reach out for lessons to uh, Garrett Acton. Oh, hmm. Actually, shout out. Yeah. Um, he had a few jars in him at the time. And I said I wanted to learn to play guitar, or I wanted him to teach me, sorry. I didn't specify whether it was guitar or ukulele, he presumed it was guitar. And towards the end of the conversation, I said, yeah, and I have the ukulele and everything. And he said, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that, I'm not teaching that, you're fucking all in. So he walked away from me, so. But you did try it, like, at the start of lockdown, like, when everyone else was doing banana bread, you were testing out the ukulele. While my banana bread was in the oven. Yeah, like, yeah. there was banana Where bread in the oven. Yeah, credit, like, yeah, yeah. you were top, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, good. no, it didn't work out, and I don't have the patience for it, like. Okay. And now, obviously, my ukulele career is dashed. It's on hold. Yeah, it's on dashed, hold. yeah. Um, speaking of not having the patience I'm going to tell you boys something now right there is a cohort of people in Ireland um, and they are I'd say one of the worst showers that you'll ever come across and they're people that go to funerals for a free dinner now I know there's I there's people I know I'm not going to name names but they go to every funeral they can and they'll go back to the hotel and they'll get the roast beef or the turkey and ham or the soup or, or whatever because they're hungry whores. 
and <laughs> the brass neck on these people is absolutely outrageous something needs to be done about these people I don't know maybe we should name and shame them but f nothing worse than lads that just follow misery and love being miserable just for the free dinner they're out there and they're bad bastards this is one of my favourite festivals I have to say uh, lads what do we think it's very specific isn't it it is yeah it does sound like he's talking about someone in particular whereas like James does the misery for no dinners you know, James loves the misery and follows James doesn't need to be paid to be miserable he looks for nothing in return you know what it definitely it reminds me a little bit of uh, Wedding Crashers <laughs> and Will Ferrell like and he goes to funerals to pick up chicks uh, grief is nature's most powerful aphrodisiac is, is what he said like um, I'm thinking of that now but yeah. free dinners not so much I suppose didn't feature but oh, it's, it, he's really he's peaked in my eyes I just can't see him topping this this is it's brilliant no, the brass neck of them. The brass neck of them. It's a queer one now. I wouldn't have had that in my own head. It wouldn't be something now. I don't think any of us. No, going to a funeral, you generally have a lot more in your mind. <laughs> yeah, you're but not Flood watching. Flood is obviously yeah, uh, scoping out. They're only here for the dinner. <laughs> They're not grieving <laughs> properly. <laughs> at all. Hey, hey, give that like, one roast potato. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, right? James has his finger on the pulse. I'd say if you asked every parish in the country, yeah, there's. I bet you there's a lad in your parish that is only there for the dinner. They'll give a name. There's mainness everywhere. <laughs> it's a disease, though, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. They're as main as the day is long. <laughs> mainness is one of the cruelest diseases I think you can have. I've seen a lot of illnesses around and a lot of people suffering, but to, to be main, to always be watching the pennies and worried about who's round it is and these things like I, I feel sorry for you Michael yeah. to be honest well that's fair enough like. yeah um, and you're you're at the lower end of it I'd say you're type you know you're type one <laughs> type one yeah, yeah you know but there is there is type threes and fours and god forbid a five and we've all seen it like and you know they're uh, trying to duck out arounds in the pub which is obviously mm. the biggest no no you can do in Irish society <laughs> yeah. and empty envelopes at 21st yeah. Yeah. in the card there's nothing in it Ooh. you know it's an illness and I hope everyone gets well soon and <laughs> but it's it's systemic in this in maybe Irish that's society. what the pandemic is trying to teach us yeah, yeah. maybe it's trying to wipe out those people <laughs> natural selection <laughs> the vaccine will come out now in 2021 and it'll be it'll be chargeable and them lads will be humming and hawing that'll be the, that'll be the end of them well, we're actually lucky that we have you here because your operation has been rescheduled for a broken Thumb. and it's not just broken thumb it's not just like a little tiny little fracture it's broken in four places a rotando a rolando a rolando fracture a nasty one I'm told by yeah. the very eccentric doctor that I had mm -hmm. in St. Vincent's University Hospital in Dublin yesterday yeah. Um, yeah no I did a right job on it and I didn't think I did I just presumed my thumb was sore maybe a bit of a crack in it somewhere on the line after the match last Saturday but so obviously went from a few jars after the match and went to the Swiftcare Clinic on Sunday and the x-ray then they were all ooing and aahing and gasping at the x-ray because it's a, a bit of a shatter in the tongue alright yeah so <laughs> I've done a right job on it and I'm in next Friday for a plate and screws but so. you played on in a junior football final is that not the definition of dedication I don't know what it is I think it's just <laughs> adrenaline has a big part to play in that yeah. as well I would say Foster Horn had a big part to play in that uh, he was fantastic and strapped it up and also Foster's a hard man like so you don't want to foster the physio and uh, you know he's a tough cookie like so you wouldn't want to yeah. be shying away in front of him either like yeah. um, so there's a bit of probably 
bravado and pride in it as well. And sure, as we've already heard, Kevin Morris, like, you know, you don't let Kevin Morris down. No, no, you surely don't. No. Uh, I'm sorry that we're discussing this in front of you, Mark. Are you willing to talk about it now? No, see, this is it. Like, Misery Loves Comedy. That's why Kevin was involved in my sketch this evening. It's just my way of trying to get over it, really. My way of dealing with it, yeah. It's a look, and not only have you left junior football, we've had uh, Shamrocks join us next year. In junior football, so it's a good thing I've been training jujitsu. Oh, you need it! I will yeah. need it. I think yes. Although Conor Mack is seen as one of the greatest boxers of his generation in Leinster and Ireland for his age, and uh, we last time we played the Shamrocks, he came away with a badly broken nose as well. So, um, <laughs> now that was with a hurl, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, probably a lot, the fucking umpires hurl as well. Yeah, it's hit. <laughs> you fall to a pile of nettles, hard to know which one's done yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but junior football has just been... It's great in sport when the team rallies behind the manager and, you know, there's a great... I suppose the pandemic brought that as well. Lads came out of the woodwork back... Well, sure, Paul Murphy. Actually, speaking of Paul Murphy, we have to... Why Why was he featured so strongly? 4-3 in the junior football quarterfinal. He'll go down in history, really. Paul has gone down in history anyway. I think anyone that's been in his presence <laughs> just... He's fairly infectious, like, to be around. Uh, funny guy, but... Um, yeah, before the county final, Kevin was obviously giving us a bit of the team talk and stuff and he laid it out fairly simply to us he, we kind of had a bit of a running joke that him and Paul have a bit of a love affair because his his best phrase is give Paul the ball um, <laughs> but he kind of you know he said it straight out before the final we've played four games and Paul has scored seven goals so give him the ball and we're like well that's actually fair enough we actually yeah. should we actually should give him the ball uh, he's fairly serious like just a typical townie like a proper sportsman everything he puts his hand to like really really good at so mm. You have been um, heavily involved in senior club hurling for the last few years. Bring us, describe what it has been like to be kind of almost like a professional senior club hurler over the last few years. Uh, It's changed massively from what it used to be. I think Uh, everyone takes it so seriously now because I'd say when Owler were winning it every year, like obviously people were trying to get closer to them and trying to trying to beat them every year and we're trying their living best but I'd say there was still that little bit of pe- in people's heads going like Fowler to there like we're not we're probably not going to win it and now there's this belief that absolutely anyone could beat anyone and win it like so I think everybody's like looking over their shoulder at everybody else and trying to get the that little edge over everyone so everybody's doing their videos and their gym sessions and like they're just living like during the season I think every decision that the senior teams are making is based on senior hurling like is this going to benefit my my senior hurling so it's really good for Wexford hurling and really good for the club championship as a spectacle but like it's changed massively even we came up in 2015 like from played our first season in 16 so the change since then like it's just mm. incredible even like I'd say since 17, 18, 19 we just train as t- like I would have said it like uh, the inter-county training we were doing with Davy Fitz is horrifically tough and challenging but this, like the senior club training you do is nearly on the same level. It's probably just not as often and as long, but and there's not as much demanded of you, but the level of training is quite similar, like, and it's it's fairly it's all in, like. Um but it's brilliant as well to be to be playing at such a like such a level and we're competing at it and stuff like that. So I didn't see that coming when what was it, two thousand eleven when your father Michael was yeah. <laughs> a selector and we were getting relegated from um intermediate, like uh, yeah. I didn't really see this coming for us. I thought that was yeah, you know, I thought that was our destiny for for the foreseeable. So it's brilliant to 
to where we've come from. I suppose it reflects players taking ownership. And I mean, it's the same in football. It's not just hurling or anything. I think young people, well, lads of our generation anyway, like like to take their sport serious and use their gym work to develop their their own uh, individual strengths and then, you know, combine with the team. Mm. Mark, uh, Brendan was captain of Unfortunate, then lost in the final. But like, um, you, you've probably seen the same in, in football sphere, would you say, in Castledown? Or like the likes of Rory Heffernan, Shout out to Rory. Uh, Rory, be listening, all right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like, do you, what do you think, Mark? Yeah, definitely. As Owen said, like it's a massive undertaking, even to play a club at a senior level at this rate. Like it's fucking. It takes. You have to be willing to sacrifice a lot. Which, in fairness, to the lads, about like five, ten years ago, it was nowhere near as much commitment as it is now. Like you need to be watching as Owen said, watching your videotapes, watching past matches, watching your opposition's yeah. matches working on your own fitness outside of the gym, doing your own rehab, prehab, things like that. Like, it's a full-time job in itself. So, yeah, the, like, as I said, it takes a fucking massive responsibility and undertaking. And it does, it definitely does help develop your own character to pick something and, you know, have a goal aim towards and then spend as much time and energy as you can on achieving it. Mm. But, like, even when you were leaving Wexford, it must have been a crossroads. Yeah, that, that, that seemed at the time uh, like a bigger deal than what it actually was because you get wrapped up in a bubble of that as well. So I, I was at Wexford, I think, the winter of 2013 uh, until the winter of 17, like so, in fact, four or five years, whatever that whatever that was, all in. And it'd be kind of like that, that's another level again, obviously, uh, to what you're doing. But like that becomes your identity almost, like you're Wexford harder or inter-county harder and you're even on a night out in December in McGovern's, you're thinking about what you're doing and people are looking at you as that person. Like, you know, as, oh, if I do something stupid here, it'll be seen as as that. Like, and that was me not even being high profile or anything like that. So I, the pressure on those people, like on those guys must be, and the, the scrutiny and intensity on them, like must be unreal. Like what, what Connor has to put up with when he's, when he's on a night out or whatever. Like, but um, at the time, like that became an identity type crisis. Like I was like, right, that's the end of that now. And... It's going to be almost embarrassing not to have it anymore, and people will think like, "Oh, he wasn't this, or he wasn't that, or whatever, whatever that 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 may be." Like, but uh, then you just sure a month later you're back into club training. As I said, it was every bit as hard and every bit as like that preseason that we put in that year. Obviously, leading into 2018 was horrific, like absolutely horrific, and it was obviously in a good way. It was brilliant and enjoyable, but it was very, very grueling. Like, and yeah, straight back into that, and you're just going right, sure, this is. And it's it's far more enjoyable to be getting home straight after training rather than having to travel from somewhere or to do do that kind of thing. Like so, yeah, that like it was a big transition in my head. But when I actually did it, it wasn't a big deal at all. Like it was just yeah. And it's great that like you can actually look back on success when you think of the three under twenty one uh, Leinster final success. Like they were they were unbelievable as well. There was summer hurling in Wexford, wasn't it? Like yeah, they kind of came at a time I suppose when Wexford weren't doing particularly well. Or like definitely twenty thirteen, like that. I don't think anything had been won in Wexford for a long time, and then you know in twenty fourteen, I think was the year that we bet Clare, and it kind of became like we were competing again and stuff like that. But they came at a time when people hadn't seen success, like so the excitement and stuff around them was was unbelievable. And as I said summer Wednesday summer evenings in Wexford Park on sunny nights and the Thursday Thursday and Gory after like was always fairly unbelievable as well. Yeah. Like it was, they were unbelievable. Like yeah, really really enjoyable. Do you have many memories from those days, Mark? Not many memories from the Thursday Thursday. No, I was there, but <laughs> not many memories. They were that separated men from the boys, wasn't it? 
them yeah them 20 was it 14 was it 13 or 14 when you get like you get five vodkas for fucking yeah, yeah. 50 cents no they were unreal yeah. was it 20 20 13 and 14 they were in their pump where you'd be out in the street yes that was crazy stuff altogether. Like the doors, the McGovern's would just be overflowing with people. Like and they'd just literally like fucking fall out into the street. Yeah, you'd run in, queue up for however long to get your drink, but you didn't have to queue for. You wouldn't be going back in for ages again because you were after bringing five vodkas out, which you like. <laughs> um, but it was it was unbelievable. Like when crazy you think about stuff. it, and then I think it stopped the following year for whatever the guards got involved, like because mm. it was getting a bit of a public health risk. Like, but speaking of public health risks, um, it's go- It's I think we've got a just a news flash in there from Joe Comerford. And we're going live. We're out. Outside Main Garden, it's half one in the or sorry, half midnight here on a Sunday morning, and this is Joe Comfort, Joe, correspondent for Paper Tuesdays. Oh well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, it's like being in Iraq, really. It's like Beirut, a mini Beirut. Poor so what's old, happened? Poor old Jimmy is there, and he's trying to sell a bit of fried rice and a bit of <laughs> chicken balls, and there's people falling around the place, and uh, and that woman there, she, she did fall onto the curb, didn't she? She did. She did. Yeah. She. she, she the oh, curb one there, really. The curb the curb one one there. <laughs> There's another woman down injured there. She's she's rolling around and she's deciding about life. Yes. I also went in there to get a, a few old tissue papers, tissue papers for that lady. Yeah. Earlier on, um, she's she's done more than just roll around on the ground. Yeah. Um, she's under pressure. She's Michael. Under pressure. Michael. Charlie McGuckin here now, and he'll tell you about outside Main Garden on a Saturday night. No, I don't know. <laughs> Would you like to get involved with the... Uh... No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. That's Joe Comerford. But these are the characters of glory that you just meet on a night out, and it's just brilliant. And, like, I can attest, to, I can testify that, like, two women just did fall down, and Joe Comerford was there, and I don't know what... He, he had something to say, he goes... Michael, I gotta be your paper Tuesdays correspondent, and then I got whipped out the phone. And oh, he we offered go. himself for the role, oh, yeah. was it? Oh, yeah, but, yeah. We hadn't advertised or anything. No, we didn't no. <laughs> people coming for the jobs now. Just inundated with CVs. <laughs> oh, but Joe is just like you know. That's and I think Corey benefits so much from nights out because if that just a whole district of people come from all angles, and you just don't know where. Who you're going to meet or whatever, you know, it's a, it's a metropolis when it comes to McGovern's. <laughs> Definitely metropolis. It's sort of changing now, like we seem to be veering away from the homeland and spreading outward from McGovern's. Sort of that, that's where it all, it all started really, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah, sort of, 17, 18 years of age in McGovern's was where all the excitement came from, like, wasn't yeah. it? Like, and we held on to it, but as you said, now we're, Jim French's yard gets a good, gets a good scene and... Yeah. It does, it does. Um... I wonder Jimmy's like, making a right go of Paddy Blues as well in yeah. fairness I wonder like will we just naturally evolve and in three or four years we'll be in the lounge in Browns I don't That's know if we'll ever, will we ever be welcome I don't think any, any of them lads ever die I think <laughs> I they're, don't think that's <laughs> the they're just in the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though that like even at the age of say 23 the thought of going to O2 was preposterous to me no never no going to happen no but at the age of 17 and painting stamps onto your hand oh unbelievable like, you know you'd be looking for a girl outside with a bit of makeup who could paint the square <laughs> the black square with the O2 in the middle and you'd smudge it a bit or you know licking your hand to, oh, you couldn't do it now obviously with, no, with, with in COVID times yeah. but uh, licking your hand to make your stamp wet and getting it on someone else's hand be that for being underage or else not having the money to get up but yeah um, and the sheer dehydration up in O2 as well like, you, yeah you know, but you yeah. wouldn't go near it now 
no no way like maybe it's maybe it's because the buzz and the the excitement of not being illegal that's true it's completely oh, yeah. worn off but like do people still go or did they still go even like even because we would have went to Nels or that say like I'd say Gavin Stamp still goes yeah, he hide. I just come to the toilet there, lads. Yeah, and come down ten minutes later. And I'd say he has some sort of set up with someone there. They're letting him up for nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he always has. Um. But yeah, no, I haven't yeah, set foot in it a long time. Kind of took over, didn't it? Like it did in recent years. We'd love. It's it's probably not a lot of crack either, though. Yeah, everyone's crowded. And, yeah. yeah. You're not really doing that, and you're standing around talking. Yeah. Do you know like that McGovern's thing? Okay. Is uh. Thank you very much. There's music and a bit. The of music and the falling around and the. You know, the bit of, I don't know what the, is a politically correct word to go, what really goes on in my world. Like, just groping and the shifting mall, and mauling and, and there's yeah. pulling and dragging the and pushing and shoving going on. Like, if there was someone in there, if Peoli was in there refereeing at that, yeah. like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there'd be flowers given. And if he didn't give it to you, as you said in Connor Moore's podcast, he'd give it to you later. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> when you were younger, oh, by the way, of course, you related. Uh, let's go mm. into that. True Ned Purcell. True Ned Purcell, yeah. Ah, he was a great man. Yeah. 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 So the seed wide and far. <laughs> <laughs> We're all related We're because all of Ned Purcell. But all growing up, you were always the, the, the man in the moment, the, jo- the joker, the jester. The, would that be fair to say now? Yeah, like I'd look back on it now and cringe a go bit like, you know, those, really? fi- those FIFA slaps and stuff like that. Like I had mm. to be in the middle of everything. <laughs> And I don't know if that was like me choosing that or naturally or whatever. But when I look back on it, I was like, "What a loud mouth!" Like, but, are we but I haven't, I haven't, like I haven't. No, well, I haven't changed one bit. Like, I'm still in the middle of absolutely everything and roaring and shouting and yeah. So not as if I learned from it or anything like that. I'll probably cringe at that now in twenty years' time as well. Like, but anyway, um, yeah, that was that was my role in the oysters group. The which, oysters. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, some memories from that summer, Janie Mac. <laughs> rambunctious young teenagers is all we were harmless too like very harmless oh we were yeah. Jay's the day stamp broke Mary Max table oh I still remember his face and him standing frozen still <laughs> time stood still yeah time I think stood. we're going to have to explain FIFA Sap so like we, just a Friday night we gather together and we have a bit of crack and a few pizzas and a few I don't know whatever and old yarns and tails yeah. and yeah. who was texting who and snapchatting who and yeah, all that kind of carry on yeah and then around 10 o'clock we'd throw on FIFA and there'd be a, a game and whoever would lose would be have to be slapped by whoever was around there. Yeah, and we had the three goal rule. So if you went 3-0 down, you didn't get a chance to rectify yourself. You just got slapped in the face. <laughs> um, all these sorts oh. of things. Yeah, but the slaps were severe. Yeah, they were. So there were yeah. some heavy slaps, but everyone yeah. took them, to be fair. Yeah. Did Do you, you actually remember, um, I don't think we've discussed this in recent days and I, I'm going to go there. Do you remember Mary Max? uh house there wasn't uh, what Gavin Sam wasn't the only one who got punished that night I don't know I don't remember Michael my head was flushed down the toilet <laughs> oh you got swirly <laughs> I remember I was shouting swirly swirly <laughs> like the Simpsons I don't remember this no Michael why got swirly swir- why were you swirly oh sure I couldn't play FIFA so oh you actually you tried that night I'm sure I probably was go on Michael I think there was an unwritten right. rule that if you got beaten more than 10 nil. you had to be yeah. swirling yeah. <laughs> Michael was a lamb to the slaughter like um, but in fairness we, we stuck to the rules oh yeah and you, you, your head was you have to be a man of your word like yeah. you know yeah, yeah you never played FIFA again probably not no no yeah. but yeah it's nice how those things are kind of forgotten and then you know you it's great to on. talk about them again like. it is yeah, yeah like <laughs> like during the 
pod, listen to the previous podcasts and stuff like that and you start talking about things like Miss Kyo walking through the corridors <laughs> and internal suspensions and things like that like just brings back crazy memories of what went on yeah. like I put Michael through a bush in the school <laughs> and hid behind a pillar for well for two classes so 80 minutes I hid behind a pillar thinking that the coast was now clear and the minute I stepped out Selecio attacked me <laughs> it's one of my most abiding memories from school you know I was just dawdling along in my blazer and off to geography I was off and Michael had a very distinctive strut <laughs> he did a very punchable face I would say <laughs> going around the school and I came out of the reception area doors after lunch and said look at this and I dropped my bag and I hit Michael you were alone but what you got to see was that Selecio and Brendan O'Sullivan yeah they were out around the corner they were my blind 20 spot 20 feet behind you so they, they were actually behind you so I could yeah. see both <laughs> of these instances for Poland and I could see that all was covered for me anyway and I just took the shot and <laughs> dived into the bushes your big As bag you, on your back the bag yeah the bag on me I was probably falling I don't know how I got you down with, with, with the bag on you <laughs> And then, anyway, I knew that they were coming for you anyway, so I just dusted myself down and went off to class. But uh, Brendo, I was, my next class was actually with Brendo Sullivan, and he just walked in and said, are you all right? <laughs> and then carried on with this. Um, Stella thought that it was Cahill Dunbar or me, because oh, yeah. we both had the same dubs on. Mm. Mm. We were both wearing a shirt, pants and dubs. Yeah. And I think she caught him somehow. She wouldn't catch him now. No. <laughs> I, I think he, he must have seen her coming. Um, she caught Cahill, and he just denied it and yeah. fairness no one told me but she knew there was only two suspects and apparently she went to my I double leg science after lunch and she went to my class looking for me which I didn't attend because I knew she'd be looking for me and uh, she caught me at the bench then I came around from the pillar and I was in trouble for not only hitting you but also for mitching on double leg science <laughs> to get away from her like so it was 80 minutes of me sitting again, back against the pillar on, <laughs> on my phone um and yeah, it was it wasn't pretty like a hard throbbing trying yeah. to get caught for doing. You took it like a champ. I will say that. <laughs> but like you always kind of just ba- you you were on a tightrope of a balancing act between like downright absolutely offensive versus <laughs> like just great crack. And you just took it in your stride in general. Like yeah, I, I think I split opinion down the middle because of that. Like I think all of ye got it and enjoyed the crack well, like, but I'm, I'd imagine and I'm fairly confident in the fact that a lot of people didn't see the fun in it like <laughs> no um, we offended a lot of people along the way I think so I think yeah. we had our bench and everyone else well, yeah, yeah it was us against the, it, was us, it was us against the world yeah but they, everyone took it well like, yeah but yeah. like I can't help but think the, the hardship that you have given the likes of Gavin's jam <laughs> Gavin did turn one day and I never thought the day would come yeah yeah it was in the quad me and Gavin still t- I'd say we'd talk about it every time we see each other with a few drinks and it's like where <laughs> Gavin turned and he got a hurl and threw it at me as hard as he could at my shins and like a skipping rope I, I jumped and it missed me and the two of us looked at each other <laughs> and that was almost like Gavin after breaking the table again had realised that he'd done something outrageous and he could have broken both my legs and we just looked at each other like, and then it just we nodded and said alright it's over yeah. but he, he did try to break my legs Right. It was the worst, the biggest temper I'd ever seen. I was just a slag and I got too much from on that one occasion. Yeah, but that was the way. And like, are there any other abiding memories from your from your childhood on and like a great crack that was had? Um, yeah, like it was. It was always. It's it's hard to pinpoint anything because it was always when we, in fairness, as a group, when we did something or went somewhere, we always had to let's do let's do this, let's do that. Like there was always 
as you said borderline like I'm thinking of two examples in my head now where we I couldn't stop on. laughing is it Valentine's Day the Valentine's Day yeah that's exactly Valentine's it. That's Day is one and like that, that like I just just those days where you just cannot stop laughing and like that that was one of the best days we've ever put down. Yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. That, that was here. Oh, well, actually, knows the story anyway. That story has to be has to be told, and I'd say the women involved won't mind being mentioned. Oh no, bother! I'd say yeah. I hope not anyway. Yeah. But we started anyway in the old Tesco car park. It was val- It was a Thursday of mid. And that that'd be yeah. a regular haunt of ours. We'd park yeah, yeah. in the old Tesco, and, and two cars got together. There'd be two or three people that were able to drive, and everyone else wouldn't. So you'd have yeah. the three cars full. Say yeah. the fifteen people or whatever sitting off and every night in Tesco you'd be sitting off talking. Yeah. Um many every night ba- it wasn't a school night. Many a bad idea was spawned in that car park. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. where the that's where the magic hills and all these places were spawned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um yeah. I don't know who's chop I didn't get the chocolates, did I? No, I went in and bought a heart shaped milk tray. <laughs> and uh told you that it'd be great crack if you <laughs> brought it out to a girl's house and said Happy Valentine's Day and yeah, basically. We went to Hayley Murphy's first. Hayley Murphy Hayley was first. first but she didn't answer, did she not? She wasn't there, but we did drive up. We, Michael was at the door and we, <laughs> we drove, drove off. Yeah. But for some <laughs> reason, like like a stunt double, Michael grabbed onto the car. And oh, he's wiry when he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> well, that reminds me of a third example, which we'll come to. But we, he grabbed onto the car and we dragged him along the road for a while. You were driving, weren't yeah, you? I don't know how that happened. Um, that was the McGann, I think. Logistics of it. What was I holding on to? You must have opened the door slightly. Door. I think it yeah. was a car door. You, you, must, have held, you must have opened the door slightly and just held on. But it was 30 metres like we were going anyway. Like, <laughs> oh, you're lucky to come away with skin. <laughs> you were lucky about to come, with, come away with your life. Um, so yeah, that, that was unsuccessful. So I think it was a case of who's nearby that we know that we could do this to that wouldn't be overly offended. Wouldn't call the guards. Yeah, basically who, who wouldn't call the guards. <laughs> And we went to Shauna Fleming's house next. Yeah, yeah. And the mother opened the door. Now this this is where things got really spooky. Yeah. Sean was just out of the shower. And well, well, we we saw you at the door. We were like, oh, the mother's gonna send him, tell him to get the fuck home. The mother's gonna send him home. Michael went into the house and the door closed. And we were left sitting in the car going, what is happening? But they're calling the guard. Like we we obviously assumed the worst. Like there's no one gonna let Michael Dyer with chocolates into their house. You know. If someone's called the cops here and Michael's getting arrested like that's what do we do next but uh you, you got a, a kiss on the cheek for yourself as well I don't know if I did though oh you did? did you're not you're only saying now because Ashton's here but <laughs> Michael got a kiss on the cheek and a thank you and all the rest um like that was unbelievable like, like yeah. when we when you go back into that car and we asked you what happened and you told us like we just broke down yeah absolutely I, broke down so tell us what actually this is a good time to be an interviewer why did you try to kidnap me <laughs> that was your this, idea Mark this was yes I remember this this was downright wrong for on many reasons did, did Michael ask you to go for the walk and the idea spawned in your head oh, we always went for walks didn't we Connor Kinsley I can't remember times. if I came up with it or you were already out with me and you text either me or him and you're like what are you doing and then you're like yeah I'm out with Mark we're going climbing Tower Hill or something mm-hmm. so I would have been with three or four you were with Kenny and someone else Ben Egan was there it could have been Grove Ben Egan and Grod and Kenny I think Kenny was definitely there because he was the muscle oh yeah we needed a, we needed a Kenny like if anyone remembers Kenny in school yeah like what a, like, what a man is Arnold Schwarzenegger like beyond yeah. his like muscles beyond his years yeah. for carrying buckets and cows and <laughs> Whatever else, but yeah. So yeah. I, I obviously text one of you to see what you're at, and we go do something. Yeah. And he says you're in Tara Hill, and then one of us came up with the idea that we kidnap Michael in the dark. So did you just abandon him on top of Tara Hill? Mm. No, 
no, we, 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 we were calculated. We were conversing over whereabouts we were and stuff, I think. Mm. And I ran away from you, Michael, mm. at one stage. And I think Owen came up the other way. Or Owen we came were up all the, in the other the, way. We were all in the bushes. You were there in the bushes and they grabbed you. Uh, I can't remember what happened after that now. Oh, oh he's too, too wiry. He was kicking and sprocking. Oh, and arms, and legs, arms and legs. <laughs> we couldn't well. get a hold of you. Um, like... You, you were screaming <laughs> to be fair and shouting and I was laughing as well though. you were laughing oh, yeah, screaming yeah, and shouting yeah, yeah. but Jeez. we all had hoods up and yeah. all in like you couldn't have seen it was us no no, but I just I knew, knew about yeah. it yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it, was, it was great crack and do you know there's nothing nicer than being lifted around the place <laughs> well, I don't know I wouldn't have enjoyed it at all <laughs> no. uh, but we couldn't get a hold of you you were kicking and sprocking yeah. and pushing and shoving and everything else like a and, uh, even even Kenny like who is well used to candle calves <laughs> Couldn't get a hold of you, like so. We just let you down then, and again, just erupted into this laughter <laughs> that, that that we couldn't stop. But like, it was unbelievable, crack. Like, we, yeah, yeah. Try to kidnap memories. somebody yeah. in the pitch dark in Tarry Hill, and probably a winter's evening, was it? A winter's evening, I think, is right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Freezing cold. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. See, that's only that's where you get those moments as well. Is sort of on the borderline illegal sort of crack. Things you shouldn't be doing. Like. Yeah, you shouldn't. Be, you shouldn't be doing. You probably shouldn't be doing. Is probably the funniest things you can <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, That's Mark, it. have you a few questions? Uh, I do actually. Before we move into the the questions I had set up, I do come into my head there just while we're having this conversation. Is um, Owen, have you seen the way this man lights candles in your house? Because it is absolutely ludicrous. He lit a candle the other evening by lighting three candles and dropping them down into the fucking thing like that. Three matches. Three matches, sorry. <laughs> and he just dropping matches down into it. Oh, that Oi. didn't work. I'll drop another one in. Yeah, he just he'd light a match and drop it. Oh, that didn't work. I'll drop another one in. He'll strike another match and drop it down into the candle. Were you trying to drop them? Yeah. No. no well, you could turn the candle upside like, down and hold the flame up to it like that. Yeah, but it just it doesn't seem right. It just seems like it would defy gravity. But no, I can see how it would work. All right. Yeah. But that kind of brings us to an interested area. On oh, you've lived with me now for a good few months there. Um, ten months now, Michael. Ten months. Yeah. How how have you described it? This is, treat this as your therapy session. Um, I feel like Mr. Miyagi. And I've, Who's he? The karate kid, like. I'm bringing you on this journey and trying to teach you the way the world works in some ways. Yeah. You seem fascinated when I tell you things that everybody else knows. Yes! <laughs> like, yes! I, like, I could show him the simplest of things. I, I can't think of an example at hand, but I could literally show him that I don't know, like some sort of new electronic gadget that came out in 20, 2007. Like, and he's like, that's, incre- that's incredible. Like, just every, you're fascinated by everything. It's well, brilliant, I have, really. I have to say, I have Bluetooth wireless headphones at the moment, and they are incredible. So, technology is great. But still, even just what you're very good at on is uh, just sell, telling someone honestly how they are or their traits, you know, because you go through life. Uh, right, you're going. Um, this is going a bit too serious now, so we'll keep it uh, mini version. Um, like you know, seeing someone, you know, ah, Jenny, you're you're a bit panicky there, or simple things like that. Like I remember, Jared Coach said to me in a bar a few months ago. He said, "Ah, Michael, don't be so excited." I thought I've been excited. <laughs> For 22 years, I've been saying, oh, why don't we do this? And that's probably really irritating for people outside myself. So if I would say anything that you have brought for me on is perspective. Yeah, I comment on everything you do. Yeah, very past remarkable. <laughs> yeah, but in, in doing so, you've said that I am very past remarkable. Yeah, Michael's, Michael's a horrible bastard. 
<laughs> I made brownies. Let's go back to the brownies. Go I made brownies during lockdown, and to be fair, Michael, I don't know how I did it, but they were really, really nice. Yeah, unbelievable. I'll never forget them. And I made same said brownies the following week, thinking I can make these brownies, and they're really nice. So I ate a brownie, and I was like, "That's really nice. I'm I can make brownies." So proud as punch, my second batch of brownies laid them out for Michael. Very generous too, like you know. Yeah, okay. It was it was lint chocolate oh, being used. These weren't these weren't cheap brownies to make. Yeah. And uh Michael did his usual thing where he chews for thirty seconds and makes a face and mm, looking all around the room. <laughs> I don't like the texture of these on the texture. Of, like as if I've been fucking on a, on some sort of bake off show or as if I've been cooking cooking for twenty years. He didn't like the texture of my lint brownies. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what you're tolerating. Like I have to say, you have extremely uh, generous patience because you put up. You're you're going into the, the the small bits. You're not going with his alarm will go off every time and he will not open answer it. Yes, it is my shower. The alarm he is okay. Right? Everything. The dropping. It's the dropping. We're going to get there. Michael's a dropper. I don't know if anyone's seen Friends, and one of them is a one of them's a dropper when they're passing the the football around. Ross or Chandler one or the other is it's a dropper Thanksgiving episode yeah, yeah, yeah one of them is a dropper mm. and Michael is the the biggest dropper <laughs> I, I bought a set of glasses we've one uh, eight glasses we've one left every one of them fell victim to Michael's shaky hand <laughs> every morning when he's setting his alarm like the alarm doesn't wake you don't need to understand the alarm doesn't wake me <laughs> it's you trying to turn the alarm off and dropping your phone from a height onto the ground it's what wakes me as if there's been a gunshot in the house every single morning without fail he drops his phone how, like how many 10 months uh, by 30 days 300 days how many of those have you dropped your phone I oh. would say over 200 it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility like. no, that's been generous I think it's 250 <laughs> 250 odd yeah so it's a dropping but no I don't mind yeah you get used to these things so that's great good that we have your good qualities now following your your uh, boyish jokester type of characteristics that are exposed earlier in the pod um, you're not allowed murder so <laughs> I have to do as they say one of my favourite sayings I've heard recently you may do what the lads in Cairn you do hmm. put up with it <laughs> so my, so my favourite saying I've heard in a long time Mr. I'll give credit to Andrew Shaw for that one. Oh, yeah. Andrew Shaw. Shout out to Andrew. Yeah. He's a great band for a yard. Um, your questions, man. Questions. I'll just go for a slash for a start. I also need to go for a slash. Oh, good. Actually, the first question on my list for Owen was Michael Dwyer, what's he like to live with? But sure, oh. we've been through that. I don't <laughs> know, to be fair now, there's more to it than that. Like, it has been. We're, in fact, we're finishing up here now and. It's in 21, 22 days, to be fair. It's mm. been a highly enjoyable way of getting through lockdown, to be fair. Yeah. I'd say it would have been a, a completely different lockdown without it now, like. Yeah. Because uh, we kind of have two homes. We have our, this house and our family homes as well, like. And it's yeah. nice to go between the two and, you know, in the depths of lockdown where you only had the four walls you were living in, like, we kind of had two of those, mm. which mm. was which was quite nice to have, like. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you didn't drop so much stuff, I'd say I'd, rec- I'd give him a 10 out of 10. But uh, Ashton has her work cut out now for the rest of her life, to be fair. Yeah. She does. Uh, Owen, the last time we spoke, you brought up the man from Tracks. Yeah. And it's been bothering me ever since. 
where is he now? And this is why I want to put this out to the public. I know he's to tell us what he's doing now. I can picture him so vividly in my head. What was his name, though? No idea. The man from Tracks. Everyone knows. It could have been Brian. The Bali man from Tracks. Yeah. I'm not sure if I said it when you were there, but I saw him in Little a few weeks ago. And, but you? he was on it. He was a few tills away from me. But mm. I was quite tempted to go. Well, any runners going? <laughs> I should have interviewed him. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. The Predator yeah. Manias. Oh. Originals, old school, in tracks, out for display, sitting on top of their boxes now, would go for millions. Like what they're worth now is absolutely ridiculous, mm. and they just had an abundance of every color. Mm. It was like David Beckham's wardrobe in there. He'd go into yeah. the back and he'd be like, I wonder what he's doing back there. Yeah. <laughs> so But tracks and webs were just out of this world. Yeah. They were like... Two great sports shops on the bottom of the oh, main street. Right across the road from each other, yeah. yeah. Now, webs, webs had it all, to be fair. Mm. Webs did. Beach golf. shop, golf shop. Trophies. They had Cornetto Soft. <gasps> Remember Cornetto Soft? Yeah. Bring them back. Yeah. Michal, does that mean you? <laughs> <laughs> you know... I'd say, I'd say that's the only thing Leo didn't mention to try and make us feel positive during, during lockdown in these speeches. Like he went yeah. Lord of the Rings and Mean Girls yeah. and mm. everywhere like with it, but he never mentioned Cornetto Softs or Mars Delights. Or Tracks Mars Sports. Delights. Mars Delights. you have previously been a loyal member of the Ashdown Leisure Club, so I have three questions on this topic. Number one is the most important. Who has the heaviest bench press in the Ashdown? Um, Michael Kyo. Michael, well, no, actually, seen. sorry, he doesn't. I uh-huh. think it's uh, Eddie. Uh, what's is Eddie O'Brien from the works? They used to oh, he's wears glasses, black hair. No, um, the oh, I think it's Eddie O'Brien. Eddie, Eddie, like wears a suit when he's bench pressing. <laughs> not, not, not a, not a, not a formal suit, <laughs> but right. a, a body oh, suit to help him with all of his joints and stuff. Uh, and I think he benches. 200 kg it's Ed O'Brien yeah you might recognise him from this picture this moment I don't recognise him no 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 he benches 200 kg I think more I think 220 kg when he's wearing the suit one rep Mm. Uh, Ed O'Brien would have the heaviest bench in there that I've seen and he goes in fairness to him um, he's a serious weightlifter and he then goes around and will give people he knows advice on what they're doing and what they should be doing differently and different ways of doing things mm. um, but yeah he puts the suit on and benches like 200 odd 220 kilos Michael Kyo is coming fast on his heels now with 170 mm. uh, but he like myself has jump shipped to fitness first gory in the business park that's where you are now yeah mm, they seem to be doing fairly well for themselves yeah. now uh, number two who looks at themselves in a mirror the most Jesus, um, hard to take that one off me. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ross Murphy gets a sneaky look at himself quite often. The rang, the rang, the rang is looking at himself more than you'd know. Giving it the old pursed lips and uh, yeah, he's pouting and <laughs> flexing and all. I'd say the rang. Uh, number three, then who goes there solely to look at women? Well, we've just been speaking about him. It's Ross Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what he's looking at in the mirror. <laughs> But uh, definitely the rang. <laughs> and they're all being followed on Instagram by him and added on Facebook and the whole works. So I'm giving that to the rang as well. So I hope you're listening, Ross. Uh, what does Owen Conroy order in the book cafe? In the book cafe, I only really get bre- well, breakfast. Is my, I don't only get, I get lunches quite often as well, actually, in there, but mainly breakfast. I get the healthy option with bacon and no avocado with a bowl of porridge and an Americano. 
That sounds very good. It, there's a lot of food in it, a lot of eating in it. Uh, mm. Don't always finish the porridge, but yeah, I can't go without it. It's the best porridge I've ever had in my life. And you don't like an avocado? I don't like avocado, no. Ash is the same. Same. What about you? You'd love oh, an avocado. Love an avocado, avocado and goat yeah. cheese. Do you and just <laughs> like it because it's a... An ocean. An ocean, exactly. An ocean, yeah. exactly, an ocean's, yeah. An ocean's 11. <laughs> an ocean's 11. <laughs> That's very good. I like that. Uh, I remember a young, rambunctious Owen Conroy sporting a mullet in the past. Will you rejoin me on the front line? Um, I miss my mullet sometimes mm. when I look at pictures of 17-year-old Owen Conroy. Uh, I was trying to recreate Paddy Myers' haircut at the time. He Paddy had Mar- the mullet nice cut haircut. without the long mullet at the back, if you recall. Yes, I do. So the mullet yeah. was shaved into the side, but it didn't grow out at the back mm. as much. And that's what I was trying to do. Um, I'd, I'd welcome it, yeah. Mm, business no in the front, semi-formal in the back. Yeah, there was a bit of a party in the back, but not much going on. It was a, probably a COVID party. You were allowed six in the household. <laughs> um, probably a level two COVID party, what I had in the back. Uh, you get to pick three things you get to get rid of from Gory forever. What are they? Wow. Oh my God. Jeez, this should have been sent to me <laughs> in advance. Um, <laughs> That's unbelievable. Jesus. I definitely, I need, I probably have these opinions too. Have I ever mentioned it to you, Michael? There's a lot I'd like to get rid of probably. Yeah. I think traffic jams on a Saturday. No, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one anyway. Mm. Gory, and it's great when you're walking, but I very rarely am. I drive everywhere. There's a notion in Gory that you're allowed to walk across the road at any time you want, no yeah. matter what. And yeah. traffic lights aren't, and pedestrian crossings aren't a real thing. So I'd bring jaywalking in, massively. And I'd police it, because the new traffic warden, to be fair to him, is giving tickets like there's no tomorrow. Like, there's, there's, there was a statistic, of, or a, a statistic about how many trees were cut down in Ireland there. I saw it there the other day, I don't know, it was, it was a lot. And I'd say... More than half of them are him giving tickets in Gory. <laughs> like poor Elmo Hall, like he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't put pen to paper to save his life. And this lad has come in and he's so number one, I'd get rid of the jaywalking, but I'd or yeah, and I'd get rid of that new traffic warden as number two because it's not safe to not pay for a ticket in Gory anymore. It used to be you could leave your car there for three hours and you'd never be touched. And now I live in fear. Like I still don't get the ticket. <laughs> But I live in fear now. I can't enjoy my book cafe or, or wherever yeah. in peace because I'm afraid of that bastard <laughs> outside with a pink little book going around. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's coming out and he's trying to prove himself to everybody and it's not how this town works. No. Uh, so num- that's two, is it? Yes, yeah, two very quickly. Number three, mm. is it? Um, well, you're thinking, I love how, I'd love to know if these are like universal things. You know, like Floride Lady, we had a chain of uh, at Paper Tuesdays admissions that, you know, Yes, Rory, they discard me in my childhood. Mm. Are other towns prone to have jaywalkers? Uh, I don't think so, because I think the main street kind of facilitates this. It was I point, do it myself. It was point, I did it this evening. It was pointed <laughs> out to me by someone not from Gory. Once I was a passenger in his car, and he pointed out to me how many times on a Saturday afternoon people stood in front, of, stepped out in front of his car and just like put their hand up and waved and just power walked across the road. <laughs> and it doesn't, true. it doesn't happen anywhere else. It doesn't. Yeah. But you just accept it in Gory. So until it was pointed out to me, and I, I, I'm sure I do it myself, but uh, until it was pointed out to me, I didn't realise how unique Gory is for jaywalkers. Mm. Um, it's massive. Yeah, and everyone has to have picked up on the traffic warden because we're all living in fear. <laughs> like people think COVID-19 is the big fear in our lives and we're looking, we're looking over our shoulders for him <laughs> but today I saw him playing with a child outside the hungry bear so he is he is human he's human or was he giving the child some sort of a, a ticket 
<laughs> if anyone can come back to us on that as well. Yeah, at Paper Tuesdays, yeah. <laughs> um, so our third one on, I'm looking forward to this one. It's, it's a, one of the best questions well, I've ever Robbie been Robbie Ireton, I'd say, if he were here, we should probably interview Robbie Ireton. Mm. First thing he'd say would be the big, yeah, the big leaps. The big leaps. I've no problem with them. Yeah, nor do I. And they're falling at the moment, and I think they're fine. Instead of getting rid of something, can I bring something back? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's fine. I'll get rid of Ladbrokes and I'll bring Ivories back. Oh, oh. the coleslaw. The coleslaw. Uh, yeah. The potato salad. Potato salad. And Mary's Manor. Yeah. Can I tell a story about Mary? Oh, please. If you don't yeah. mind. Yeah. It's it was, a good uh, story, yeah. <laughs> I was six or seven years of age, and uh, obviously uh, my parents and grandparents had the shop, the butcher shop on the main street. Yeah. So that's where my, and my grandparents lived above it so we'd often be sent out for messages so I went out for my sister uh, or with my sister to get uh, whatever it's, you know a bit of potato salad out of ivories and whatever else we were told to get and we could get our with the money we could get ourselves a roll as well out of it or whatever else and I ordered a roll off Mary and I took an ocean as you do when you're that age you, you know you're very uh, impressionable so obviously I'd heard my sister ask for her roll couldn't half somewhere else so I said <laughs> to Mary could I have my roll couldn't half please and she very quickly and without thinking said, do you want me to f***ing eat it for you as well? <laughs> now I was six or seven years of age and that was said. So bring back Ivories, bring back Mary. Yeah. And in that case, my third thing is Ladbrokes and no offence to them, but they have to go at expensive Ivories because it has to come back in its old location, to be fair. Yeah. It's true. On oh, 2013, we played a school's football match. I believe it was a Leinster Cup game against the Wicklow Schools team. What additional item of clothing did you wear while lined out at centre-back? I think I wore a swimming hat and goggles. Correct. <laughs> while lined out at centre-back. <laughs> <laughs> it was the greatest piss take of a game. I think we knew, for the six years, I think we knew it was our last game. Yeah, it we was. Co- we couldn't qualify, <laughs> I think. Our season actually finished about two months before that, but somehow we were in this cup or something, wasn't it? Yeah, and we class schools were an A team, and we were we were an Leinster B team. We yeah. played these. We knew we were going to get our arses handed to us, so I thought it'd be funny, and I think Wickham <laughs> did laugh. He did, and then he realised he shouldn't have been laughing. Yeah, he got a bit thick after, but he didn't hold it against me. Thank God. Um, yeah, I wore a swimming hat and goggles that were just randomly in my bag. It wasn't planned. <laughs> I had been to the Ashdown the night before and had a swim and this this wasn't planned but it just happened oh, I'll never forget that day God it was quite fucking funny um, right now this is a topic that I just ran by Ashlyn there while we had a little toilet break uh, the dress let's air out the dirty laundry so to speak literally the dirty laundry, the dirty there, laundry. Ash, Ashlyn found a pink is it boohoo it's pink boohoo dress uh, size 6 yeah, it, yeah, it's um, a short dress, nonetheless. A short dress, a short tight dress, size six. Uh, absolutely nothing to do with me. In Michael's wardrobe, hanging up. Uh, Michael, and I believe him, I suppose, says it's nothing to do with him. <laughs> so it's basically a public appeal, if we can. Yeah. For anyone missing said dress, uh, maybe we could put a picture of it up I think uh, so, yeah. on the Instagram at yeah. some stage, just to see who owns it. But. Uh, it's missing from somebody. I don't know, as someone aptly pointed out earlier, if they came in wearing that, what did they leave wearing? Um, none of us have a clue who it's belonging to, where it came from, or when it might even have been left here. Um, so, like, I, I, I think it's one of the greatest mysteries 
obviously 10 months living here now yeah. and there's been many a mystery we figured out how to work the upstairs heating remember that Michael yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the radiators upstairs were stone cold and we yeah. flicked the switch one day well you say we we don't know who did it yeah and you, um, we we fixed fridges and freezers and yeah, chip you switches fixed the freezer, yeah. and yeah. all sorts but we cannot figure out for the life of us as two independent livers <laughs> who owns this dress and we've come a long way as men but this is the one that's really stumping us I think yeah, yeah. well see I dig the hole as well like I as I've said I, I could have been cleaning out the car and moved it then to the I well when that opens up a can of worms as it to does, why it's it in does. the back yeah. of your car yeah but do you know uh, my pattern of you know I leave things on the stairs and then I could have brought it upstairs and then I was cleaning my room but anyway look yeah, if you know anyone knows this and then how I got the dress, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, a, it's a, honestly one of the greatest mysteries. It's come up. But how long ago was it found? Maybe a month, two months. Found about a month ago, I think. Yeah, in the last four to six weeks, we found it, and honestly, we haven't slept since. It's not even in England of where it might have came from. Like, I haven't a clue. We've racked our brains and we come up with many different scenarios, but at the end of the day, we don't have a we don't have a bull's notion. Mm. Yeah. Now, Michael was a bit of a Daniel O'Donnell figure in his youth. Uh, he was, when he was he emceeing was. it's very possible that people throw, would have thrown items with clothing at him mm. <laughs> that, that bus. I remember uh, presenting a fashion show and I remember reading out apologies at the start it says Mark Halton can't be here because he doesn't approve of scantily clad women being uh, <laughs> courted around the place so it was actually in Ada Gambia so yeah. maybe it was you that read night. out a lot of things in your time oh, I read out a lot of things <laughs> Dwyer Torres made a revival recently in the Complex and Glory oh, as well it's a great the, game, the text game yeah. Paper Chooses and Paper Chooseians will, will give you a recommendation shortly but if you ever want to have a bit of crack with a few mates gather around when COVID is over and just start texting anonymously text to a phone number I think there's a, isn't there an app for it now called Psych is there yeah where you can you can do that I think um, mm. the room gets to voice their opinions anonymously and they're read out um, but yeah we just did we just text Michael and he read out all of our opinions meticulously as well read it and the biggest part was mm. it was totally anonymous bar one text which we won't bring up now mm. and Michael told people who who sent it in and it caused absolute uproar but there was guards crying and stuff at the time so you had to oh yeah. that was back yeah in the days of cancel culture now I don't think our entire uh, <laughs> tours will go down too well no. <laughs> It wouldn't happen now. <laughs> it wouldn't happen, but by God, like those fucking school hurling journeys made men a boys. Like, yeah. Boy, in your test. Yeah. All friends at the end of it. Uh, Matty Cousins facilitated it all. We totally got over it. Yeah, remember, that's not the gear stick. Matty was the, <laughs> <laughs> was the most common slur amongst, amongst other few that came oh, up with it. He'd read it out. Like, he'd read out and that was the best part. Matty <laughs> loved it. Matty loved it. And we, yeah. Like. Um, yeah, that was another thing where you'd come away from one of them with pain. Like you'd go home after that with a pain in your face. Yeah, oh. you'd laugh all day. You don't. You wouldn't yeah. even remember the match. No, that you went to. yeah. You'd be more nervous about the ride to the match than playing the actual match. Could be a Leicester semi final or final. And we go to any match then as well as a trip. Like we were at under sixteen yeah. Leinster finals yeah. and no business being there. Like, no one else. We were the only people at them, and we'd go to them in the pits of Mullingar yeah. or somewhere just to have a bus tour away. Yeah. And as I said, we were so harmless, like like mm-hmm. we weren't drinking cans on them or anything like that. Like we were just we were pure harmless. Like, uh, lastly, on I just like to thank you not only for coming on today, but also for letting us invade your sitting room over the past few months and recording this podcast. And I'll end with one final question: Has Virgil gotten his revenge on the crows? I think Virgil's playing the long game. He plays the crows. <laughs> what I see happening is Virgil's an avid gardener. Yeah. And to be fair, his garden does get a claim from the. 
from the passerbys of Clanatin. Yeah. It's a, mm-hmm. a well kept yeah. garden. Yeah. But I think it's only a matter of time, or maybe it's already in the works. And this is my guess, I don't have any ins- inside information. I think he's going to put down a serious amount of poison on that grass, and when those crows land, they're dead. Well, well. That's what well, I see happening. Or new scene into the future, into the destiny of those crows flying over Clanatin, the, over the home of the Clanatin assassin. Well, I've gazed into your future, and I've looked into your stars, and I see the following horoscope. Are you ready for it? Yep. Okay, let me find it. <laughs> Sagittarius. Yeah. Rest your gentle soul, you big old Sagittarius own. Let the blow of Mercury falling into retrograde subside into the past. If you accept the wounds of the past, Venus's burst of energy in the next 36 hours will bring light into your life. That conjunct of Jupiter won't be lost on you, Owen. When the fifth dollop of Saturn springs new opportunities, you, Owen Conroy, will be quick to seize them at the dawn of the day. Holy man. <laughs> a lucky man. You're a lucky yeah, man. I've a lot, oh, I'm a lot going for me. For, I thought I was all doom and gloom with this tone and everything. But. Uh, it's all rising. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now we go to Paper Tuesday's recommendation of the week. And this comes from... Uh, Mark, you sent me a, a playlist there. You can find it on uh, YouTube or the Spotify. Akira the Don. Oh yeah, Akira the Don Meaning Wave. It's very good. Yeah. It just it helps me get to sleep. You know, it's like nice words painted over some... Uh, Soothing music. Yeah. Sort of. Hip hop. Hip motivation. Hip hop motivation type yeah. stuff. Yeah. It gets sure you powered nice. in the morning. It gets you to sleep. I don't listen to it when I go to sleep actually. I don't worry, I don't why I listen in the morning. Jamie. Yeah. yeah. You must be quite an active sleeper. It gets me pumped up like, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd be the opposite. <laughs> now. now Paper Tuesdayans, that is your recommendation of the week. Okay, so we've got a brilliant letter to the editor here. It's, uh, it says, hi lads, I'm here on a staycation at the moment and I'm just not sure what to do. I have a girlfriend at home, but I've come across a fine looking woman here while on holidays with the lads and we get on really well. And I'm just wondering, do you think I should be, remain loyal to my girl at home or if I should follow my dreams with this new woman? Now, that's some, some letter to the editor. It's charged, isn't it? Mark wants to go first. Mm, there's... Mark wants to... <laughs> There's two schools of thought here, isn't there? Is like yeah. There is, yeah. It depends, I think, on what the person is actually feeling. like. There's a lot more going on there than what's actually in those words that we got there. So, does the person feel more attached to the person at home, mm. or does no. the person think there's time to move? I think if you're asking the question, that thing at home is already in massive trouble. Mm. Maybe, but like. I, I read a book and it said that there's two types of love and there's passionate and compassionate love and it's basically a difference between butterflies and fireworks and uh, you see say like someone you want to have sex with or whatever but then there's also that person that you have built a strong foundation and relationship with so is that a case that it's just something you would want in the short term that will give you gratification then or long term with that person there also it could be what I said it could be like look you wouldn't be looking at other people if you're happy enough at home so Mark, you're quite good at that. What? He's well read. Well read of it. Yeah, cultured. <laughs> cultured is right. You wouldn't think of looking at me, would you? <laughs> I, I, I'd say now the best thing for you won't you just won't give me whoever this his or her name. Well, it's a his. No, we we're going to keep it anonymous. That's mm. the rule of paper chooses letter to the editor. Well, I will 
battle to find out. Yeah, you will, you will. I know, answer. I won't get there. Like the riddle answers when you yeah. try to get them. <laughs> that, Michael, I won the riddle one time and you fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking ruin your own fucking riddle. Come on, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, no, I, I would say the best thing in the world to do is to, to sit on that now and not do anything because you can't dump someone by text or phone call, really. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose they are if you away. Stay, if, you go, if you get home and feel the same way. You know, what you do is, right, you go down to the sitting room and she's there, and you sit there, and you whip your lad out. And if she grabs it, <laughs> you go for it. And if she doesn't, you haven't done nothing wrong. She hasn't engaged with you. You were just checking something on it. Yeah, like, we, we, we're told to check. That's <laughs> it. So many ailments and <laughs> issues that could be out there. <laughs> No, well, that's that's the advice. We're, that's the line we're taking. Then, obviously, I'm not a Paper Tuesdays official, but I'm back and mark on that one. And if she's serious about you and you're really getting on, she will. She will grab it. She will grab it. Yeah. She looks the other way. There you have it. She's not interested, and that wasn't meant to be. And with that, we'll turn the page. But so now, we... Gavin Stamp. <laughs> there's there's your answer. <laughs> Oh, I think we're going to solve some great dilemmas and... Um, I can't believe someone problems. wrote in with that, but that's brilliant. Like, more people need to... Yeah, but that's yeah. why we're there on Instagram, you know. We're ready to react and we're... The championships are well underway now. We have the chipper division of the Paper Tuesday Championship about to come to the final stages there. And the King Cod getting the buy into the final and they'll take on Sorrento's there. Owen, how do you see that one going? Ah, uh, listen, um, there's... Again, Mark, Mark talked about school... Two schools of thought, um... These are a classic case of a, a quality, if we put it into footballers, you've, you've got a quality player, maybe a Paul Pogba versus a N'Golo Kante. So I think King Cod wins on quality and what it can yeah. bring to the table. And that's Pogba, but he's passing and shooting. But what, what Sorrento's give you is longevity and stamina. Like they're open. I don't think I've ever drove past Sorrento's and seen it close. <laughs> that's a good fucking point, yeah. You need food now at five o'clock in the morning. My best bet to anyone is to go to Sorrento's. Or to, yeah, to go to Sorrento's. And um, I think Pogba's probably a bad example maybe mm-hmm. on that. But you know what I mean? Like it's a, yeah. King Cod is the silky and it's it's quality. And it's be my first port call. It's where I go. Yeah. But I know Sorrento's are going to be there for me at any stage. And I don't know if I can say the same about King Cod. So it's, it's, when that comes up for vote, I will struggle. Yeah. Uh, personally, I'll probably give King Cod the nod. <laughs> <laughs> where have we heard that one before? <laughs> <laughs> Giving King Cod the nod <laughs> purely for their chicken burger and mustard dip. Ooh. I think anyone who's had the mustard dip um, will will back me on that one. But I will think long and hard, and maybe my, my mind will change in the meantime. Yeah. Oh, and you walked a fine tightrope of being the Joker through life. Now you get to excel in these the best thirty seconds of your life. We are looking for wrestlers, as many as you can, more than twenty. Are, are you ready? Yep. Three, two, one, and go. John Cena, Rey Mysterio, Triple H, JBL, Kurt Angle, The Rock, Batista, Umaga, Bobby Lashley, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, um, The Boogeyman, Kane, The Undertaker. Uh, oh. Um, 10 seconds J- J- Jerry the King Lawler um, oh, That's tough on your arms 5 uh, Time Ricky. Oh. I think it was in 
You got it in, you got it in. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Now, let me go with that again. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the maze and fucking. It's different when you're on the spot, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is. 17 is a bad score, I'll say, man. Well done. Oh, I'm very disappointed. Uh, Jack Hush will be livid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How have you enjoyed your favorite Paper Chooses experience? Oh, very much so. It's in, uh, from the comfort of my own home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be great to have you on, and I think you've uh, done yourself proud. Um, you have? Yeah. Yeah, powerful stuff. Great yeah. episode. I love that. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, just and to wrap up, I know Robbie does obviously the sound. It's very important to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Robbie and thanks to Ashton for keeping us COVID friendly here and plenty of hygienic uh, cleaning measures beforehand. So. Yeah, and some thanks. voice acting roles along yes. the way. Yeah. Paper Tuesdays, we'll be back.